Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Dawn, the host of Procovery Podcasts. This week, we are excited to bring you the first segment of our two-part interview with Seneca Santala, who retired in 2009 from her position as the Administrator of the Division of Long-Term Care in Wisconsin Department of Health Services. During Seneca's 26-year career with the state of Wisconsin, she worked in appointed positions under three governors, leading three different divisions that developed policies, services, and funding for Wisconsin elders, people with mental illness, substance abuse problems, cognitive disabilities, and physical disabilities. Prior to those appointments, she was the director of the Bureau of Community Mental Health in Wisconsin Department of Health and Family Services from 1993 to 1998. She has also worked for the University of Vermont as the director of a National Technical Assistance Center that assisted states, counties, and provinces in the U.S. and Canada to develop community-based services, regular housing, and improved consumer choices for people with severe mental illness. Seneca was one of the strong initial supporters of Procovery and is the author of Procovery and the New Millennium, one of the two forewords in the book The Power of Procovery in Healing Mental Illness. We had a wonderful time speaking with her and hope that you have a great time listening. Here, Seneca describes what initially attracted her to Procovery. So I was the Wisconsin mental health director in uh, uh, 1996 and 1997. And it was actually right at that time, sometime when this man by the name of Randy Stratt came into my office uh, because Kathleen and Randy were living in Wisconsin at the time. And... uh, he wanted to talk about uh, mental health services in Wisconsin, and through Randy, then I got to know Kathleen. And I was just fascinated by their sort of, of thinking and their headset. They were so far sort of ahead of so many other people that I was talking about mental health and for people getting better. So uh, then in Wisconsin, there was a, a, a strong call for a committee to look at really rethinking how public mental health services are delivered. And there was enough support that then Governor Tommy Thompson, who then became also the Health and Human Services Secretary later on, uh, Governor Thompson appointed a Blue Ribbon Commission to look at mental health issues. And I was so thrilled that Kathleen agreed to be one of the members of the commission. One of the things that we did manage to do is, on that it was about 40-member commission, we had a significant number of consumers and family members. I think it was over 10, like more than a quarter uh, of the people were actually consumers and family members. And as we were really looking as part of the redesign for mental health, really trying to find a new way of uh, bringing hope to the public system in, in Wisconsin, and really really looking at how we provide services, um, Kathleen's input and, and Kathleen's concept of recovery was really a sort of a, a completely, in some ways, a very much of a new idea uh, that was coming so strongly from the consumers and families in the group. And then actually what happened was that in the report, Kathleen wrote the sort of the foundational chapter 
which was a uh, chapter on pro-cover. And so uh, my early on support, it came from that point of, of really wanting to develop a system that was very focused on outcomes and respect and listening to voices of families and consumers, and then having that opportunity to hear Kathleen and, and Kathleen's thinking about a pro-covery, that everything just came together right at the right time. Next, we asked Seneca if any pro-covery principle most resonates with her. Yes, actually two. I think that they are very related. Of course, they, they all are very much connected. But principle number one, healing and going forward is possible. And then principle number eight, keep hope alive. I think that those two resonate with me more than than anything else because I think that those principles so well apply at every level of the system. And when I talk about the system, I I talk mostly about the mental health service system. Um, It works on the individual level, it works on the provider level, and it works on the sort of the broader system policy level. You know, in all of those levels, hanging on and strongly believing in the principle, first of all, that healing and getting better and going forward can be done. And again, so often our individuals and our providers and our systems are so stuck and they are so mired that it's hard to believe that that moving forward and actually things getting better is possible. And again, I think that that principle works for each one of those levels, as does also the principle of of keeping hope alive. There are times, and many of my friends uh, who struggle with uh, mental illness, there have been times when I have literally said to a couple of people, I will keep the hope for you because you are going through a really hard time right now, but trust me, the hope is there and I will keep it for you. And one day, perhaps tomorrow when you feel better, you'll be hopeful again. And I think that the same thing applies again for systems and, and for providers. Sometimes there need to be people who come in and say to systems, there's hope, we can do better, we can move forward, uh, even though it looks really bleak right now. So that's why I like those two principles the best. Here, Sanika shares a recovery strategy that particularly resonates with her. Number nine, stick with pro-covery even during crises and use those times to uh, initiate healing and moving forward. Um, because it is, and again, I'm talking about an individual, I'm talking about the sort of the provider level, I think in families, in systems, it's easy to believe in new way of thinking and doing business when things go well. But when things go tough and when things are hard, it is often so easy and it is so dangerous to fall back into the old ways of doing business because they are the familiar ones, but they also tend to lend, uh, lead just to dead ends. Um, so this whole idea and a strategy of really thinking on how do you go through a crisis and actually figure out how to make things and build things better and stronger from it, I think is is such an important part to think about. And and again, strategically thinking about in the individual on sort of thinking about what helps when things really get rough for you, who helps, where can you go, where can you turn? Or even once that uh, crisis has happened, 
going back and, and saying, what was the most helpful for you? What worked? Let's analyze this so that next time we can do better. I think that that strategy is so important. And yet when things go tough, that strategy is sometimes so hard to follow. And again, I think that that really makes the makes or breaks this whole concept on, on making sure that you can actually believe in it when there is a crisis. We asked Sanika if she might share her view of some of the differences between Finland and the United States, both places she calls home. Well, you know, um, certainly the big differences are in the size of the countries. Finland has about 5.3 million population, which is about like what we have here in Wisconsin versus 230 million or some big number like that for the United States. So uh, so the land size as well as the population size are so hugely different. The United States being very multicultural, being very complex, Finland becoming a little bit multicultural, but being very homogeneous in terms of the, the race, the religion, the beliefs. So in, in Finland also making policy There is a huge amount of agreement, even across all of the political parties, for many issues. And and again, I think that in this country, the differences of opinion are much further apart than they are in Finland. And again, I think that in Finland also, because of that sort of that uh, Northern European, Scandinavian tradition, it's a very safe country to live in. It's a safe country because there is good health care. There are excellent school systems. Actually, Finland's educational system sometimes is ranked the best in the world. Care for the elders is very, very good. So there is this sense of of safety that is hard to explain because it is so inborn in, in Finland. I can kind of feel it now when I'm there. I'm looking at it a little bit from the outside and I say, you know, to myself, man, you, you people don't understand how lucky you are. Of course, then they also pay a whole lot more taxes, but that's what they get for it. And again, the, you know, the United States being so complex, being so complicated, but that's also sort of the beauty of this country is that, uh, that there are so many different opinions. There are so many different ways of thinking about these things. And oftentimes finding and threading your way or finding solutions is, is certainly more complex. But I think that also they then fit better for this country. When, when they come. But I think that things like healthcare reform certainly was a huge step forward towards that providing some sense of safety for people so that they don't need to worry about anymore, hopefully about the catastrophic illness, for example. We asked Sanika if there was something she feels we should all be asking ourselves. As I was thinking about it, one of the issues is that thinking about where we are today, fiscal times are hard for the federal government, for the state governments, for individuals. Um, and, and especially, again, as I think of things like the human services, mental health service systems, they are just really struggling with uh, providing services to increasingly challenging people and groups of people, and their services have been shrinking because of the lack of money. Um, Yet I think, like I said in uh, earlier on, about systems also needing to have hope, people needing to have hope. Um, so I think that the big question that I would like to pose on all of ourselves is, how do we rekindle hope? 
President Obama or, or candidate Obama talked a lot about hope, and, and I think that, that two years ago there was just so much hope, and, and we knew that things were not going well. But hope was permeating, uh, I think, people, in spite of their sort of cynical kind of thinking. Um, and, and now I think that in some ways the concept of hope has been degraded by the political opposition. You know, well, how is hope for you now, says Sarah Palin. Um, and so even the word hope sort of like has lost its hopefulness. And so, uh, so I think that that's a big question for me, and I have no answers. But uh, sort of how do we bring that hope back? How do we bring that belief that things can be better and things will be better again? Somehow it just has been stripped uh, in the past year or so. So that's my big question. As we noted in a prior podcast, at Procovery Institute, we believe there is a powerful connection between hope, action, and change. We believe that together we really can change the system. We believe that despite the fact that the system is quite simply a mess right now, that what we choose to do today and tomorrow and the next day can change that, but that it will take all of us working together to truly create meaningful, sustainable change. At PI, our goal is to first inspire people to want to make changes and then provide tools and resources to assist in creating that change. Additionally, we are working on building a powerful community for inspired individuals to create change together. And one of our starting points is building communities of hope, one recovery circle at a time. We would like to extend our most sincere gratitude to Seneca for taking the time to speak with us, and we very much look forward to bringing you the second segment of Seneca's interview in our Conversations Across the Nation podcast series in the weeks to come. Remember to tune in each week, and please also remember to pass the Procovery podcast page link along to friends, family, and colleagues. As always, we invite you to visit our new YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash Institute. Today, in appreciation and recognition of Seneca and her lifetime of both holding and building the hope for others, we would like to leave you with a quote by Grace Paley. The only recognizable feature of hope is action.